it's me, a better man. Take a better stand. Put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan. So she don't need no man. Stay far from timid. Only make moves when your heart's in it. And live the free sky's the limit. was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside, huh? i see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. Here come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. The hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, ah, big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch. The milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, 88.
master enterprise and I ain't have to be in school by 10. I then began to encounter with my counter parts of how to burn the block apart. Break it down into sections, drugs by these selections. Some use pipes, others use injections. Syringe sold separately, Frank the deputy. Quick to grab my Smith and Wesson like my dick was missing. To protect my position, my corner, my layer. While we out here, say the hustler's prayer. If the game shakes me or breaks me, I hope it makes me a better man. Take a better stand, put money in my mom's hand. Get my daughter this college plan, so she don't need no man. Stay far from timid, only make moves when your heart's in it. And live to praise God the limit. <sighs> All right, everybody. How's everybody doing? Oh, are you guys? Yeah, man, we are back. We are back with yet again another edition of Unscripted, bro. This is episode 169, man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, how's everybody doing, man? Um, we have... Oh. Bro, we have... One of the, uh, man, we have a bad, and I mean a bad, bad week of AEW Dynamite to talk about here, man. Um, god damn, man, yeah, um, we'll get into it, obviously, bro, but in the in the in the words of Chicago Phil himself man i have a lot of things i need to get off my chest because this week god awful that man i'm um i am legit concerned for AEW um oh yeah yeah after shit like this after after shit like that happens man i am legit concerned for AEW because and it's not even a thing of uh, you know I don't I, I don't at least I, I think 
I, I, I don't think the company is going to, I'm not saying the company is going to up and go out of business and have to close doors. But what I'm saying is the mindset on their show, I think is drastically moving in a different direction. I, I don't know what's clouding it. I feel like I have a pretty good idea what's clouding it. It's money. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not rocking with this, man. I am not rocking with this whatsoever, bro. This, uh, I'm, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned, man. They are, they are turning into, uh, a Vince McMahon type WWE and we're going to talk about it, man. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into it and discuss all the points. Why? I seen every a everybody freaking out about this um th- this AEW this next upcoming week of AEW's card. A lot of it makes absolutely no sense. Um, I'll wait and see if they turn out a good show. Um, but like I said, when I looked at it, when I looked at the pictures of the shit, um, it's classic Tony Khan. Um, just throw a bunch of cool names on a card. And none of it makes any sense, but the matches sound good, so that'll get people to shut up. But, good lord, I mean, you are supposed to learn from mistakes, and every time he's got them, he doesn't fucking learn from them. He does it all over again without without even, almost like without even noticing it. No, exactly. It's like he doesn't even know it's a bad thing. He really doesn't. Dude, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm 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 concerned. I'm concerned for AEW, man. I'm concerned for AEW. But before we get into all this, dude, I really want to reiterate again that I have been even Sir K has been we've been very hard on AEW. But mm-hmm. we want you guys to know, bro. This, it comes from a good place. It really does. God damn, do I want to see this company succeed. And God damn, is this company so good. But when they do shit like this, and we're, like I said, we're going to get into it, man. It, especially this episode, absolutely warrants harsh criticism. Because a lot of these AEW fans, bro, you know, they kind of just go right along with it, man. And there was a point in time where, um, I, and especially Sir K would, would say all the time, if you have a problem with AEW voice it because they'll fix it. And I don't know if that's the case anymore. I genuinely, I, I really don't think it is anymore. I think Tony Khan took his ball and he's running with it, man. And he's not fucking stopping for nobody. And he didn't even he didn't even let people fucking hail him, man. He's just running right past them, man. It, it's really sad to see. And the company is like you said. It's not gonna. It's not like it's gonna help it fucking go bankrupt tomorrow. Um, not at all. And <clears throat> it's just gonna keep financially growing and growing because I guess at this point, that's all Tony Khan cares about. It seems like it, dude. It seems like it. And it's, it, God, this episode of AEW Dynamite uh, infuriated me. But we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite. We're going to talk about 
Monday Night Raw, man. Not really too much SmackDown to talk about, being that we got Crown Jewel. Um, yeah. Being that we got uh, Crown Jewel to talk about on Friday. Um, um, yeah, being that we got Crown Jewel to talk about on Friday, we don't really have much SmackDown, but we have AEW Dynamite, and then we got a pretty interesting week of um, Monday Night Raw, another another pretty good episode. Um Another pretty good episode. Uh, Paul continues to... Actually, I'll tell you what, bro. With all the news we got on Friday of uh, WWE gunning for all these different type of people, Paul is Paul is about to cook, bro. Paul is... He's, he's trying to cook. Paul is trying to get in the kitchen, bro. And... Um, I hope he succeeds, man. Because the last time that man was in the kitchen all by himself with his chef's man... We had peak man. It was NXT 2018 yes. golden year. We need it back. Yes, the golden, seriously, the golden age for wrestling, at least that I've seen in my time, bro. So when Paul wants to cook, Paul is gonna cook, bro. And this man, for the past year and a half, has been trying to step in that fucking kitchen, and Vince has just been shooing him out and making him go fucking pack out the freezer. But, you know, <laughs> fucking, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it really, really, really seems, bro, like, uh, you know, for the past year and a half, like I said, every time Paul wants to get in that kitchen and cook, Vince is fucking making him go pack out the freezer, bro. Go do some shelf maintenance on the freezer. So, dude, I, I don't know. But, but I will say... I will say this, dude. Um, um, if he cooks this time successfully, if he successfully cooks this time, I'm telling you what, bro, we'll be in for some really good shit. Because if they end up getting the people we're going to talk about on Friday, and a lot of those people I think should go to WWE, um, you know... A lot of them should because I know AEW's got the lighter schedule and they got this and that. But again, bro, the way that this stuff looks, I just don't know. I just I don't I don't know. I I, I don't know. We're gonna talk about it, man. We love AEW. We want AEW to succeed, but uh, sometimes you gotta be harsh, bro. And this past episode of AEW Dynamite absolutely warrants a uh, a harsh criticism. For, uh, for me, and I know you got a lot of stuff you want to talk about it too, man. We've been fucking talking about this privately for like a week, bro. So it's time. It's showtime, bro. But we're, um, other than that, dude, I guess we go ahead and hop right in the intro and not waste any more time before we get on to this lovely episode of AEW Dynamite. But um, what is going on, everybody? We're back with another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, another edition of Notorious Unscripted, and this is... Episode 169 of Unscripted, like I said, man. And if uh, this is your first time watching, guys, do not know how the show works. Every Monday, we are on here with Notorious Unscripted. And every Friday, we are on here with the news, man. If you guys did miss this past Friday's edition of the news, the crown the news, the crown jewel predictions, and Will Ospreay set to be the face of NXT Europe. We talked about all <laughs> we talked about all that great stuff, man. Um, we talked about all that great stuff. We actually have a little bit more news on Will Ospreay for uh, Friday uh, in regards to him and WWE. So, 
Um, if you guys did miss that, that is episode 186, I believe, of the news. You guys can watch that on all platforms. That's Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you want to see it first, join us right here every Friday at 4 p.m. Central with the news, man. Also, if you guys have not got a chance to pick up some of the beautiful Notorious Seals podcast merchandise, you guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. You have all eight of these beautiful designs available for you guys on there, plus more. You got the Chicago flag design, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, the Biggie-inspired design, the base logo design, the best-kept secret to the IWC, the Riddler-inspired design, the Notorious World Order design, that comes in three versions, the Chicago flag version, like you see on your screen, classic black and white, and the Wolfpack red. You got that. And then the Grand Slam baseball-inspired design, um, the Scratch logo, and the only community that matters. So all eight of these beautiful designs, plus more, um, are available for you guys on the merch shop right now. Again, that is bonfire.com. Link is at the top description of this very video and also, if this is the first time watching, you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Hills Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show. And as for the other half, we got my man Sir K here. How's it going, dude? Going good, man. Going good. Um, wasn't going good on Wednesday. At about after 9 o'clock, I was just sitting there, just... Uh, man. But um, other than that, man, yeah, I've been great, man. It was, dude. It was real rough. But I've been great, man. I've been great. Big, big two weeks coming up in the next um, two weeks after this one, man. <clears throat> so I can't wait, man. I can't wait. And, um, hell yeah, man. Like Durante always asks, how's life? How's the family? Life's good. Family's good. Anybody in the live chat, man, how's it going? How's life? How's family to you guys? Um, same in the, with Replay Mafia. How you guys doing? And um, what about you, man? How are you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Uh, as Durante always asks, I'm good. Family's good. What about you, Durante? Logan, Bell, JT, JB. You guys know who we are. Actually, I got a little. I I don't I don't know if he's still here, but I I know we got um I, I know he's not in chat, but I know we got my our boy Duran in the house. I think if he's still here. So what is going on, bro? What is going on? Great to have you here, finally, man. Um, it's been a long time coming. So if you're still here, bro, and you want to say what's up, hey, man, bunch what's of like, man? bunch of like, like-minded wrestling fans that come through the chat, bro. So, um, but yeah, dude, um, uh, yeah, but how the hell is everybody doing, man? And yeah, I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, so exciting month of November, bro. Birthday month. Um, Survivor Series month. Um, there he is. There he is. Hey, what's up, man? How yeah, you yeah. doing? What is going on, dude? Um, yeah, bro. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Like I said, birthday months, Thanksgiving, Survivor Series, Black Friday, all that good shit. So pretty busy month, bro. Pretty busy month. Actually, in one week time, your boy will be turning an age. So... Yes, I will be. I will be. Um, I will be turning twenty-two, the big twenty-two in uh in one week exactly, bro. Next Monday, man. So I'm, that's that's exciting. Um, that's exciting. Got some cool stuff planned, all throughout the weekend. Um, all throughout the weekend stuff, bro. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun, bro. It's going to be pretty fun, man. But um, 
yeah, man. But other than that, dude, other than that, um, I'm good. And yeah, nothing, nothing too much, bro. Just fucking getting ready for this hectic month and then still waiting on new game plus for Spider-Man two, which is absolutely, absolutely tearing me apart. Um, because I once again have nothing to play. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, also guys, I'm about to be on a ruthless fucking toy hunt, man. I am about to head out sometime. I'm expecting him sometime this week or next week, but that Walmart exclusive Supreme CM Punk, I know it's hitting stores. It hit California last week, so it usually takes two or three weeks. Um, but I'm starting to kind of see them pop up in Illinois. So I don't know, man. So I'm about to be on a ruthless toy hunt, bro, looking for this damn Chicago Phil. Um, so that's exciting. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, but other than that, dude, nothing too much, bro. Nothing too much. But uh, <sighs> all right. Let's fucking go. AEW Dynamite, man. (laughs) So the show opens up with an MJF video package. Um, Roddy did his, you know, Max and his wheelchair. He's yelling. He's yelling Max. Um, He tells Max, you know, are you going to team with us? Are you going to team with us? And Max... Um, says no, pushes him away, and he tells Bullet Club Gold that he's getting the Triple B back tonight. And he, um, and, and after his promo, lights go black, and we see the devil. We see the devil moving, you know, his face around. It kind of sucks that somebody stole the mask because now we don't get to see him with the mask. And if, right. if the person under the mask is who people think it's going to be that that I'm 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 telling you right now bro that kind of shit is going to be the shit that's going to get a lot of people to lose faith in AEW so if you guys don't know if you guys don't have Twitter which at this stage of the game I don't recommend um but it's not um you just deal with a bunch of fucking stupidity all day or you see a bunch of stupidity but a lot of people are saying that the devil is Britt Baker. There was a bunch of stuff. Um, the original devil that we seen is a very feminine figure. Very, you know, not really, not really a manly figure. And the AEW did a promo video to a Doja Cat song. And, um, one of the lyrics is like, I'm the devil or she's the devil or something. And as soon as that lyric comes on, there's Britt Baker holding the devil horns on her, on her forehead. I'm fucking telling you right now, if it ends up being Britt Baker, these are the kind of mistakes that are going to cost AEW huge in fan trust. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Dude, uh, if it is, dude, if it, even even if it's MJF and they were just swerving people the whole time and this is his heel group, that's it. I don't want that either, man. The Brute Breaker one is really fucking bad. That would be absolutely god-awful. Because, like, why are you beating up a men's faction and you're just 
Like what? Nearly. That that just would be just totally trash, bro. I'm sorry. An Adam Cole and Britt Baker led kingdom, and they could be the king and the queen. Oh. Oh yeah, cause they won the fucking <sighs> the, the queen and king of heart things. The, oh, the that heart. too. Yeah, and now they have their kingdom. Oh, oh I'm te- oh I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Uh... Oh, it sounds trash, dog. I mean, it's it's either gonna be her or Adam Cole. And I'm sorry, Twitter. I I hate to break it to you. It's an oxygen punk. Just because I... you hear some music and this fucking shot of a of a sky, what looks like a skyline. For a millisecond, it's not CM Punk. Wait, why I'm were they sorry. saying it was Punk? When one of the, um, not this one, but the last one, when, you know, he covered the camera and it did the, like, it went, it went out, okay. I guess there was a flash with what looked like, they thought it looked like the Chicago skyline. Kind of, I guess, but it's more just general static to me. You know, if it happens... Would I actually go nuts? But at the same time, I would also think firing him would have been completely pointless. But oh, I would go insane. I would go fucking insane. I would. But, but, it's not CM Punk. I hate to break it to you, you so. too. All your Twitter hopes and dreams. It's not CM Punk. It's not. It has to be Adam Cole. Please let it be Adam Cole. It only makes sense, man. Especially since they kind of took a back seat. With, with the whole, you know, guy in the devil mask stuff, for the most part, he's kind of just randomly popping up in these little couple-second vignettes. If Adam Cole really is going to be out for a little while, I could just see them doing that for a while. Randomly have the devil mask guy appear, do something, and just keep teasing it until Adam Cole comes back. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I really don't think this is CM Punk. I mean, in a in a perfect world... Could this be CM Punk? Sure, in a perfect world. Um, you know, they have a great feud. They have one of AEW's best feuds. In a perfect world, oh, absolutely, this could be CM Punk. We're not in a perfect world. He got fired, um, and th- he's and he not... WWE. Yeah, and he's probably going to WWE. Um, especially now that we're starting to hear from Punk's lion ass camp again. That's right. They pop back up. Maybe they're the devil. Maybe it's Punk's camp under the oh, fucking sorry. mask. These lion ass motherfuckers, bro. Literally, oh, Punk's camp doesn't understand that he doesn't understand why he would go to WWE. Punk's camp says there is no meeting. Yes, Punk's camp also said that the elite knocked his dog's tooth out. Um, that they've said a lot of things. I don't know who Punk's camp is. May I don't know if Punk's camp is Larry. I I don't know who exactly is in Punk's see. camp, but these people are some lion ass motherfuckers, man. I can tell you. Oh, dude, those people are like generational liars, man. Like, holy shit, man, dog. They, they lied, like you said, about fucking the Elite fucking knocking Larry's tooth out. Um, they apparently, the Elite also, according to Punk's camp, lunged at A Steel's wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ace went nuts because they thought the Elite were gonna fucking in there to fucking hurt his wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Dog. What? 
they were the ultimate fucking liars, man. So you don't think they're lying now? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It should be Adam Cole. It should be Adam Cole. Um, But I'll tell you, bro, man, they're going to lose a lot, a lot of fan trust if it ends up being somebody like Britt Baker. I'm telling you right now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that is not a good situation if it's anybody except for Adam Cole. Um, Or, like I said, I mean, I would take CM Punk, but I I just don't think CM Punk is... uh, I just don't think CM Punk is um, going to going to be involved in AEW at all. I, I, I understand, you know, these punk fans want to believe it so badly. They want to believe it so badly, um, but it's just not, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, and again, if he does come back in the company, it's not going to be for a very long time. Um, so yeah, that's that. But anyways, but anyways, um, the opener, what do you know? Right back to square one, the all Atlantic international championship, whatever the hell it's called. Orange Cassidy versus Claudio. Ah, we're doing this again, huh? Is right back at right doing the same old slop. That made his reign boring for the most part in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, we're back to Orange Cassidy putting on bangers. As they say. Yeah, quote-unquote bangers. Fucking every week this guy was putting on a banger according to some fans. And I don't remember half of his matches from his first All-Atlantic Championship reign. I remember the one that we seen live with Moxley. Because it was a really good match, and it was my favorite Orange Cassidy moment out of the whole entire title reign when he was finally broken in half, and John Moxley packed him up. Um, that was my favorite moment. Um, so here we are again, and I will say the storyline with John Moxley, I'm very intrigued in. I'm intrigued in their second match. I'm intrigued in Orange Cassidy just having this fucking disdain for John Moxley, and um. Like, uh, a couple weeks ago, he fucking walked right past him, and he walked right up to him and gave him a hard-ass uh, shoulder fucking bump. Like, um, I, I love it. I-, I love his disdain for John Moxley, but, you know, um, again, these All-Atlantic Championship matches, I just don't... I-, I still, to this day, don't have it in me to care for them. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. Uh, so he... He beats Claudio. He beats Claudio with a uh, roll up. He beats Claudio with a roll up, and that was the ending to this match. Uh, like Logan says, a classic Orange Cassidy ending. Um, a classic Orange Cassidy ending. Um, and then John Moxley comes out afterwards, and he uh, beats the shit out of Orange Cassidy. And um, yeah, that was that was that man. As Claudio uh, just looked on and. Yeah, that was that was that. Um yeah, that was that was that, bro. That was that. So um you just they got a little potential in that man, but with Tony Khan, he probably won't fucking engage in it and it'll probably just be another the same boring Cassidy rain that we got in the first place. Absolutely, Logan. That's that's a 
that's a very um that's a very great point and the reason I wanted to highlight that point is because it's about the little things in professional wrestling and AEW in 2020 would have absolutely aced that. So Logan's oh, yeah. point is, you know, he the story about this second title reign is that he's obsessed with the title and he actually realized how much he cared about it, but he still carries it around in a backpack. How much cooler would it be if he actually put it around his waist and couldn't take his eyes off of it? Almost like Champa with Goldie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or he was holding it. Yeah, he was holding it on his shoulder and he couldn't take his eyes off of it. How much cool would it add to the aesthetic and the look of Orange Cassidy and 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 play to the story of his second championship reign? But no, they're still having him carry it around in a backpack. That's the beauty in it. You know what I mean? Like the the first time you know, Orange Cassidy's the reason, the excuse they gave was, was he's lazy, right? So that's why he carries carries it around in a backpack. How much would it tell and how beautiful of a just little small thing would it be if even Orange Cassidy, who's lazy uh, to, and needs to carry his shit around in a backpack, took it out of the backpack and actually that's didn't want to be lazy for a minute, even though... If you were so lazy, why don't you just wear the belt? I mean, you take the well, time to put work. it in a backpack. Well, exactly. It seems like way more work anyway. If anything, if you're lazy, just like slop it around your shoulder or something. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, but really exactly. Um, that's a great point. So now we have, now we have uh, MJF in the back. He goes to Kenny Omega's locker room because he's looking for a tag partner. He knocks on the door and the door opens and it's Chris Jericho. And Jericho opens it. He smiles at MJF. And I think Kenny had a, I think Kenny had a, um, a match. Or uh, later in the night, as it is anyway. So I don't even know why he would attempt to go to Omega. But anyways, um, so he opens the door. Chris Jericho opens the door. He smiles in his face. And he slams the door. MJF goes to walk down the hallway. And Wardlow runs up on him. Grabs him by the throat. And puts him up against the wall. And he says... Absolutely some of the cringiest fucking dialogue... I've ever heard in my entire life. See, and this is this is where it's messed up because last week we praised Wardlow's video package. His video package in Philadelphia was great. He has MJF up against the wall and he says, "You took everything from me, and now I'm going to take everything from you." And then he fucking leans in his ear and whispers, "When you least expect it." Dude, you've been calling him out for fucking a month. What do you mean when you least expect it? All right, fucking Shinsuke. You're just going to randomly want a match against him? No. He's fucking... That man is suffering right now. He's confused. He's all... His best friend is out. Not at, not at the show. He's got to deal with all these multiple people coming at him. This is the perfect time to go after him, you idiot. 
They're making him look like an idiot. Again. <laughs> Again. For like the fourth time in his career, they're making him look like a fucking idiot. What do you mean when you least expect it? He knows you're on his radar. You've been calling him out for like a month and a half. What do you mean when you least expect it? <sighs> and this, this is the kindest. Did, did this really have to be put in the segment? No. No. It didn't, because in about 20 seconds, we're going to forget that this ever happened. Because he lets MJF go, MJF throws the clipboard on the ground, he breaks it, he picks up his clipboard, he goes to walk away, and around the corner is the acclaimed. And Max Caster asks him to scissor him, and he says, uh, team with us, man, team with us. MJF walks away, and that was that. So... The segment had Wardlow right in the middle of it to give you enough time at the end to forget that it ever happened. Not only because it didn't need to be in the segment, but you have him say some of the stupidest dialogue I've ever heard in that type of situation ever. I, I'm i going to take it away from you when you least expect it. Like you haven't been calling this guy out for a month. He And now that you said that, now he knows to expect it. Are you oh, stupid? Like, what, what, what if someone else takes it from him first, you dumbass? <laughs> hey, look. You, what if, like, oh, dude, you know how many people are, are fucking gunning for this man right now? Fucking like fucking seven people. What this motherfucker said. You're number eight. You have an eighth of a chance of being the one to beat him. And you have the most personal grudge against him. Why aren't you up in center trying to fucking be at Tony Khan's door? Trying to fucking demand matches to get to that spot? What the fuck are you doing? Uh, I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense, bro. So now we get the trios match. We get the trios match for the ROH six-man championships. Um, the Hung Bucks versus the Mogul Embassy. Um, is it just me, or does it just feel like uh, a lot of the elite members... Um, eh, not really Hangman so much, because he is at least in a feud, but, God, does it just feel like they just needed that punk feud to fucking move forward, bro? It, it everything with him feels so stagnant right now, dude, it really does. Yeah. You were, had absolutely nothing to do with Kenny Omega, to the point where you're teaming him with Chris Jericho, um, and, and oh boy, wait till we get to who they found as their backup, but, um... Uh, and, and, and the Bucks, my God, uh, you got, and, and, and again, this comes from a great place, dude. You guys know, I've said it for years, years upon years. The young Bucks are my favorite tag team of all time. I think they're the greatest tag team of all time, but it just feels so damn stagnant with them, dude. Like, 
they they're starting some sort of breakup storyline. They started on this episode, but these guys just got back together less than a year ago. They haven't done anything really together yet. They they they're totally cutting the story and just taking forever and slowly building all their trust up, and now it's just gonna end just randomly for no reason. Yeah, so um, Hangman gets distracted midway through the match. Uh, Swerve and Prince Nana come out. Swerve says, whose house? And the crowd chants back, Swerve's house. And then Swerve says, actually, no, last week, Hangman, I was in your house. Hangman, uh, Hangman, you know, runs, uh, runs into the backstage area, leaves the Bucks out there with the Mogul Embassy, and they end up picking up the victory and winning back the six-man championships, um, and, uh, I couldn't really care. You put them on the hung bucks for, I don't know what reason. Um, yeah. first of all, why are we still playing these titles anyway? Why are they a part of AEW television when you have your own trio of titles yeah. that aren't in any storylines? No, that you're are not doing anything with them. No, yeah, Exactly. They're props. They're scissor belts. They're something that AEW can use to try to get their fans to pay $15,000 if you want all three of them. 5000 a belt. That's just oh fucking God. wonderful. You only get one when you get that shit? Oh, yeah, that's for one title. $15,000 to have a set of pink trios titles. What a fucking scam. Yeah. God, what's this company become? Yeah, five thousand for one title. So if you want some, tri- if you want a set of acclaimed trios championships, fifteen k. Holy fuck! I, I can far. I could probably go to fucking WrestleMania with that. Get front row seats to WrestleMania with that money. The hell? Literally, who the hell's buying this trash? <laughs> the fuck? Uh... Um. The rated R superstar Adam Copeland comes out. On this day, he sees tarps. He uh doesn't walk over to the left or his right side of the uh, of the uh screen or of the stage for uh, for for a reason. There's no one over there. Um so so um Edge goes out there Edge goes out there. He talks about how uh, he's thought a lot about the whole Sting and, and Christian situation and how he doesn't want to hit Christian. He talks about how him and Sting go way back, and he doesn't want to ruin that. They have a similar type of neck injury. They had a similar type of career-ending injury. So um, he doesn't want to ruin his relationship with Sting. And the GOAT, Christian Cage, comes out with his children, with his sons. Um, the father comes out. um he goes out there and he starts talking about um, Adam Copeland. He talks about how he talks uh, he talks about his neck, and he tells Adam he's going to snap his neck. <laughs> snap mine. Golly, yeah, yeah, yeah! I wanted to snap my fucking neck while I was watching this fucking show. Um. So, uh, except for this part, man, because it's always beautiful hearing Christian Cage uh, 
speak on the mic. So, yeah, man. Um, Christian Cage uh, then tells uh, Adam Copeland that they're going to give him a preview. Uh, they call it the ring. All three of them go in the ring, and um, Brawl breaks out. Darby and Sting come out there as uh, Dar- as Christian is uh, beating up on Darby in the corner. Um, he turns around to a spear from Edge. So Edge uh, will hit Christian Cage. Um, he gets on the mic, and he says, uh, You want to snap my neck? That's it. I'm going to beat your punk ass. He tells uh, he tells Sting and Darby, if you guys need a partner for full gear, I'm your guy. He shakes their hand, and that's uh, that's that man. So Sting's talking worked, and I'm glad that uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they're doing it, bro. So we're gonna get to see Christian Cage and his children versus um, Edge, Sting, and Darby, man. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be pretty cool, bro. It's gonna be pretty cool, and I'm I'm excited for it, man. Hell yeah, that's one of the. Positive to VW recently, man. One of the only ones. And uh, I can't wait for it to continue, man. I really can't. It's been really fun. Probably even too fun for Edge having to see that one side of the, st- of the arena. But still, I think he's still having fun nonetheless. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, also. The next part of the show. Bro. Tony Khan, Tony Khan's major announcement. I genuinely forgot that this happened. Oh, no. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it so I could laugh at it because I knew it was going to be so fucking stupid. Tony Khan's major announcement. See, I haven't got hyped for these since... Fuck. Uh, man. Maybe the... Maybe the ROH one, early 2022. I was hyped for that announcement because I thought that it was going to be a streaming service. And it ended up being ROH. And I was happy with it at first because I thought they were going to use it properly. Um, But then it just turned into uh, AEW Dark. So we all know where that went. Uh. AEW Dark with titles that we need nothing that we have to see. Yeah, it absolutely should have been a, a streaming service. Um, it absolutely should have been a streaming service, Logan. Um, then, but it ended up being being ROH, and uh, yeah, man. So that is that 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 was that, man. And that was the last Tony Khan excitement or announcement that I got a little bit excited for. However, <sighs> this announcement. Motherfucker, do not ever come on my television screen ever again and announce some shit like this ever again. My thing is, you can do that. Just don't tweet about it the fucking hours before hyping this important announcement up. Just randomly, middle of the show, go up there. You know, do a little backstage thing where you're talking and just announce something. Just say something. Just say, by the way, guys, blah, 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 blah. That's fine. That is fine. Why are you fucking hyping this shit up like you're about to announce some crazy shit every week and you never do? 
It's never great, crazy shit. It's no. that you could just have Tony, Tony Schiavone go out there and say, it's shit. You could just have the commentary mention. So, let me get this straight, Tony Khan. The tickets that we already knew for a show that we already knew was announced, and we already knew that the tickets were going to drop, that you're dropping really early, which is a positive and negative for some people. Um, but that's the important announcement. But a whole new original pay-per-view at the end of the year is just something you just casually announced on commentary. Why didn't that get it? That's not an important announcement, Tony Khan. They a haven't played. Talk? They haven't played a video package for World's End. Nope. They haven't done a a solo commercial on World's End. But you want to come on my television and announce some shit like this and make a big deal out of it. Do not ever hype anybody up for a big announcement ever again if it's some shit like this. Dude, you couldn't have had the announcers casually bring that up like they do like they like to do all the other pay-per-views oh yeah by the way guys all out tickets go on sale tomorrow morning motherfucker the pay-per-view's in a month what do you mean they go on ticket on sale tomorrow morning a month before the pay-per-view you want to do it for all out which it's nice that you're actually well which lets me know which show is your wrestlemania it's all in because you're uh putting in tickets um, you're putting in ticket sales, uh, nine months or whatever in advance or however, probably like 10 months in advance. Cool. Whatever. You cannot tell me you couldn't have just mentioned that on commentary like you do for all your other pay-per-views that actually did matter at the time. Like, <sighs> and one thing, cause that's the thing that's been killing me about AEW, man. They're being money hungry. They're WWEifying themselves. I don't care what the what the AEW fucking tribalists say. They're slowly turning into makeshift WWE. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, why are you trying to do the same thing as them when they fucking kill you in what they do that you're trying to do? Guess what? They they don't just announce pay per views. They give a whole little video package of the paper of the next pay per view. During the pay-per-view, you're watching. Yeah. You're watching fucking Fastlane. Guess what? You're getting the Survivor Series ad or whichever one. Yeah. Or you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. The next one, you get the ad for it. Mm. You're watching Royal Rumble. You're you're not only getting Mania ones. You start getting Mania ones at like the start of the year. Second, the second that fucking January hits, the road to WrestleMania. You get that shit. Royal Rumble. You get Elimination Chamber ads. It's it's yeah. easy work. It's not that hard to do. It's not. It's like and another thing about AEW. There's a random piece of news. I think it was someone like, oh yeah, it was like Justin Roberts is doing more than you know, doing a lot of stuff backstage and whatnot. Like, dude, I get you have people that like to do more than their job entails. That's great, but that shouldn't be how you run your company. Where. Someone has to go out of their way to do an obvious job that you have to obviously hire someone to do. You shouldn't have people that that basically has to step up and go do that job. That's one of the biggest backstage negatives of AEW. They aren't properly organized. Tony Khan is not a good 
organization and good fucking manager. He's not. He would be a horrible manager if he managed a retail store. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, Dude would be the fucking you wouldn't fucking be there. No, you wouldn't. You'd have fucking random people in this random department fucking stepping up and running it. Because that's how AEW runs. Well this thing sucks. Uh in fucking couple months someone random will be hired and they'll they'll step up and they'll do it. Even though they're on TV and on the road with their families, they also gotta do this job because Tony Khan didn't hire someone to do it. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't know. So he said that All In was one of their most successful shows. It was the biggest wrestling show in history. And it was one of the greatest professional wrestling shows ever. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it? All that was better. All that was better. It was a more enjoyable show to watch. Because, um... I remember. If uh, it's us AEW OGs want to take a step back, we can go back and um, let's see. Oh, man. Revolution 2020. That ring a bell to anybody? Mm. Interesting. How about Double or Nothing 2019? Okay, how about All Out 2019? Okay, um, oh boy, I'm not even, I'll, I'll save 2021 for last. How about, um, uh, how about Revolution 2022? The dog collar match, the rise of Wardlow, right? Okay, how about that show? Uh, how about, how, hmm, let me think, man. How about how about double or nothing 2021? Hmm. How about Revolution 2021? Right? The fucking exploding barbed wire death match. The fucking the street fight. Team Taz versus Darby and Sting. Um Huh. Let me think. Let me think. How about full gear 2021? Man, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Hmm. Which one? Hmm, which AEW pay-per-view am I forgetting? Mm. Oh, you know what? Man, I, I can't think of it, Sir K. Do you know which one I'm thinking about? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, I guess. I mean, I would have thought it was the greatest one they ever put on, but, you know, Tony Khan. So too. I guess the one that made him the most money was the greatest AEW pay-per-view ever. Um, or... No, I can't be mad. I I thought it was a certain pay per view, but I guess I was wrong. It didn't make enough money for Tony Khan to, to be the best pay per view they've ever put on. Okay, Sir K, weren't we there that night? I can't remember oh, which yeah. one it was. Was it oh, All Out 2021? Was it that one? Oh, man, I think it was. Like... All, all In was your best pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> all out 2021 your greatest event ever oh. ever God, your peak that was your peak all in that that second all in that fucking that fucking random fucking episode of dynamite card 
get the fuck out of here. That shit was a fucking ego fest that was fucking mid. That shit compares nothing to any of the pay-per-views in 2021. No, none any of them. Anyway, it was worse than all of them. <laughs> Dude. It was a fucking dynamite. In a oh, bad way. That man put on dynamite better than that pay-per-view. <laughs> like, <what Yeah>. <laughs> Dude. All In was the best AEW show. Oh, boy. You have lost a step. If you... Tony, weren't you in Gorilla for All Out 2021? I'm talking about the same pay-per-view that fucking had CM Punk make his uh, return to professional wrestling on. I'm talking about the same fucking pay-per-view where uh, Miro, the Redeemer, was hot as fuck and defended the TNT title against Eddie Kingston. I'm talking about the Steel Cage match with the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. I'm talking about the debut of Ruby Soho Adam Cole and Brian Danielson in that one night. And two of them were in the last minutes of the show. Back to fucking back debuts, man. That shit was heat. Now, there was Babyface, Christian Cage, Kenny Omega. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one part I was trying to leave out. <laughs> Big Show did some at the fucking yeah. show. I forgot. Speaking of him, the worst part. Paul White and Q. Marshall. That's what yep, that's what it was. That's what it was. The worst part about their best pay per view is one of their worst parts about one of their worst dynamites ever. Ain't that a coincidence, man? But that was your literal peak. You had all the energy, you had all the star power, you had all the potential. And cut to two years later, dog. What in the fuck has happened? Oh. How do you flop that? Seriously. Not to mention, um, one of the better AEW Women's World Championship matches of all time, Britt Baker versus Chris Salander. That was a pretty fucking good match. Yeah, she was great. That was a great-ass match. I actually remember that it happened. Can't say a lot for their women's matches. Because, you know, Tony Khan ain't a big women's wrestling guy. No, he's not. Not at all. All in... The Ego Fest. This show should be called All Ego. And I'm not talking about Ethan Page. Bro, this sh- All In was a show of a bunch of fucking random matches. A bunch of random matches that um nobody cared to see. I'm sorry, but CM Punk versus Samoa Joe could have been saved for All Out. Uh, FTR in the Bucks could have been saved for, I don't fucking know, Full Gear in the Bucks' hometown. Um, Kenny Omega. Did he really have to be in a six-man match? Did he really? Come on, bro. Um, for as good as this show ever, for as good as everybody wanted to say this show was, it had good in-ring quality. Sure, which makes it a good AEW pay-per-view. But what does this pay-per-view not have that all of the ones in 2019, 20, 2021, and a little bit of 2022 have in it? You were able to sink your teeth into those shows. The show went off air with your jaw on the floor. Exactly. You were you were marking out. You were excited. You, you couldn't wait for the fucking next Dynamite. 
you 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 were going crazy. You had to check Twitter to see people's reactions. Now, when these fucking shows end, I'm fucking just dead. Scrolling on Twitter to see the bad reactions and and everything, mainly with dynamites. Fucking hell! What what has happened? What did Cody mention that was lost? The um, the spirit. The spirit. That's what it was. It lost the, its well, spirit. The like, spirit. Exactly, it lost the spirit of AEW, man. In 2021, still had that spirit, man. That shit was peak spirit. And slowly and slowly, that spirit sputtered, that spirit sputtered away. (laughs) And now it's fucking damn near completely gone. At the end of AEW pay-per-views in those years, me and Sir K are uh, standing up. We are have our jaw on the floor. Nowadays, you see me sitting there a little bit something like this. Oh, yeah. Probably something like that is what you're going to see at the end of an AEW pay-per-view nowadays for me. Exactly. Same. Definitely, the- man. Like, it's if I watch it. This was your big announcement. Holy fuck. So. After this, we have Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega versus Cool Hand Ange and Daddy Magic. So. They walked out on Chris Jericho, and now they hate his guts, I guess. Way to make uh, them feel like nobodies after leaving the JAS. That was that was really smart. Really nice going. It nice sucks going. so much to see how they fucking brought those two in, man. And they, it was so promising they were going to use them. They were so excited to be there, and they did nothing as a tag team, dude. And when they came in, I hated them. Me and you hated them. Me too. And they fucking grew on me so much where I wish they go back to WWE and they get put <laughs> to the moon. Because that's what I want to fucking see with them. I would love for them to get pushed to the moon with AEW. Yeah. It's not going to fucking happen. No. It's not. Fucking leave and go to a place where you got to get pushed like a moon. Oh. You showed your value. Yeah. You're great. Triple H sees that. Nowadays, if you're not a big name, or if you're not a name that Tony Khan sees anything in, he does not give a flying fuck about building you. Not at all. No. You that's have to come in established. And even that, and no, even he, that's not a guarantee sometimes. No, exactly. It's not that he... Because he'll like you. He's got to be friends with you. He's got to connect with you on a personal level for you to get pushed, man. Yep. Just like... One man that we knew that ran a brand a wrestling company ran into the ground. Yep, that's exactly who that sounds like. And after our story that we talked about on Friday, it seems like that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the general consensus amongst the community, um, and maybe even amongst some of the wrestlers. That's the same way we used to talk about WWE back just a couple short years ago. Very short years ago, man. Like, 
damn near a year ago. Damn near two years ago. Yep. Two years ago, man. Two fucking years ago. And look look how much the world has flipped in these two goddamn years. Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega are standing out, uh, in the ring. Don Callis comes out with Hobbs, Kyle Fletcher, and Takeshita. And... Kenny Omega announces that his partner is going to be Kota Ibushi uh, to, you know, help against the Don Callis family because Don said, you know, you guys are still outnumbered. You know, in other words, you guys are going to need a fourth. And, um, (laughs) oh, man, Um, he hands the mic to Chris Jericho and he says, well, my friend is a lot bigger than Powerhouse Hobbs. Because Hobbs is not a giant. And out comes Paul White. The fucking big show. Dude, what? In... First of all, we all saw the way that man was standing there. <laughs> the man looked like a fucking walker from the walking dead just fucking standing there. It's okay, Rook. <laughs> the man was just staring at that camera like he didn't know where the fuck he was, bro. What the fuck was I? I didn't know where I was either. It was like me and him were staring at each other's souls, not knowing what life is at this point. What the fuck was that? Okay. First of all, before we talk about any of this, I thought Kyle Fletcher, like, hated the Don Callis family now. Yeah. Fuck. He hated them. And and the whole thing last week was he was going to win that match to prove that, you know, he could, he could beat him on his own, that he that he doesn't need them. And he's just with them again? What? The fuck? So, Big Show comes out, and again, I'm sorry, dude. I don't want to make fun of this man. I know people, I, I know people. I know these people. I know these people that are really tall, bro, and and big like that, dude. I know when they get older, they got problems with their legs and shit. If this motherfucker cannot walk, do not put him out there. Um, that's simple. It really is. It really is, dude. It really is. And the worst part was, you got fucking Will Hobbs and Takeshita. Walking away, holding their hands up like they don't want no smoke. Like you can't just take out that right leg and you'll be fine. I oh, mean, dude, one, one drop kick to the fucking back of his legs, toast, fucking toast, crumbles like a fucking graham cracker. She's like, come on, dude, dude. Oh. Are you fucking? Serious. Seen a lot of people saying this. It's very true. You have two spots that you need for partners. 
You have the Young Bucks in your locker room. And you go with Coda Ibu. Go, well, nah, I'm not going to throw any shade at Coda. Coda's a great pick. The other pick, the fourth man, is Paul White. Are you fucking serious, dude? If you had to choose an older fucking wrestler, you have Mark Henry. He would have been perfect for this. If you had, you just had for Tony. Tony Khan just had to get an old guy to do this. His obsession with old guys has fucking relapsed in recent AEW. You have Mark Henry, dog. Obviously, he doesn't want to fucking be there. If you heard what he was, how he was talking about the punk situation and how much fucking AEW fumbled it, um, couldn't have used him. He'd been perfect. I, I think he could at least still fucking walk and move and. I don't know. Not just stand there. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. I'm sorry, Paul White, if you're ever watching this. I'm sorry you have to go through that, man. That's probably horrible. I'm short, so I couldn't. I could relate at all, man. But why did you agree to this, dog? You, you, you should have known what to expect, man. It's like wearing a stupid fucking outfit to school. You gotta know what you're expecting when you walk through that building, and you were expecting people like me. To make probably insensitive jokes. So, sorry, Paul White, but you came out there on your own free will, and that is not something you should have done. No, but it's a legitimate concern, dude. Like, can you even walk? Like, honestly, like, not even trying to be funny. Why are you, why are they putting you out there in a fucking wrestling ring with young guys and your leg looks like a fucking cracked in half toothpick? Like, like oh, what the fuck? Uh, uh, dude. Bro. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Literally, like, I, again, I don't mean to make fun of the guy, but it's just like it doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. Like, you're putting this guy out there to wrestle. Meanwhile, his right leg looks like a fucking piece of warped lumber. I mean, dude, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. Like, it just, it does not make any sense. It does not make any sense to me, dude, why this was okayed. So you mean to tell me we're going to get a team of Jericho, Omega, Ibushi, and Big Show to go up against the Don Callis family? And didn't the Bucks hate Don Callis? Yeah. What the fuck? Like, uh, you, you got people that hate the guy. You got a lot of people that hate that guy. Did yeah. you get Big Show? Speaking of the Young Bucks, um, Logan reminded me to mention this. They won a tag team championship match at Wrestle Dream in the oh, beginning of October. So what was that, a month ago at this point? Yeah, we're in the beginning of November. In the beginning of October, they earned a tag team title shot. And where is it? Where is it? Is this another one of Tony's genius fucking plans to announce it the week before the pay-per-view? So we can get a build with the Bucks, Ricky Sarks, and Big Bill a week before the pay-per-view? Nice going. 
Nice fucking going. God. Is, it, is that not the most WWE shit ever? For somebody to win something and they don't even fucking mention it. Until they fucking randomly fucking, oh yeah, we did do that, my bad. Let's, uh, like, dog. At least fucking Vince McMahon had the old age excuse and the senile excuse. Dog, you're fucking, what, 35, 37? The fuck? Yeah, I, I know you fucking snort cocaine like it's water, but you, your mind can't be that fried already. I hope not. And we're never going to a media scrub. That's okay. <laughs> hey, you're the WWE one. I gotta ask about Taylor Swift. Yeah, they're gonna be I'm high fiving us and shit like we're fucking Ariel Hawati. Oh, bro. Sure, great man. Hit me up. Let me know. Let me in that media scrub. I'll ask the exact question you want to ask me, bro. I got you. <sighs> That's okay, bro. That's okay. I'd rather not go to a media scrum and tell it how it is. Um, no, it's, no it's, it is. It's like, ugh, come on, okay, bro. Oh, man. So Jericho and Omega are in the back afterwards, and Renee's asking him about um, the situation, and the Young Bucks are sitting in the back, and they go up to Kenny Omega, and they said, hey, Thanks for inviting this guy into our locker room. We never forgot what his what uh what he did to our dad a couple of years ago, but I'm glad you did. Um they mentioned they mentioned um they mentioned how, you know, they had a choice of two partners and they had them sitting right in their locker room and they wished them the best and they walked out. Why? So we're starting. I don't know where this is going. I hope we get a Young Bucks fucking tag team match where they can win the tag titles at at uh, Full Gear instead of them versus like Jericho and Omega. Because who mm-hmm. the fuck wants to see that? I mean. Geez, you guys were complaining about FTR versus the Bucks. Personally, I didn't really give a fuck. Oh, it's too close together. Well, congratulations, guys. Now we might be getting Young Bucks versus Jericho and Omega. Good going. What? That sounds trash, dog. Uh, that sounds fucking for already. Young Bucks were just heel. Just heel. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. So the next match is uh, Willow versus Hikaru Shida. Um, Hikaru Shida wins, and then Tony Storm comes out afterwards to uh, taunt her in her proclamation for gold or whatever she's calling it. Um, yeah, so Tony Storm's just doing doing her thing, bro. She's doing a great job. Um, she's also one of the better parts of AEW Dynamite. Um, yeah, she's doing good, bro. She's doing good. Definitely, man. Definitely. She's she's doing great. She's doing as best she could in a Tony Khan division. And that in itself is an accomplishment. And um, 
Julia Hart comes out there to confront Willow. Then Sky Blue steps in the middle of them. And then she turns her back on Willow. Goes to walk towards her. And then turns around and sprays blue mist in Julia Hart's face. Isn't this the same company that didn't understand broken brilliance? Exactly. Yet they understand Malachi Black's mystique. Which, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this to throw any shade at Malachi Black's mystique, but... Wasn't this the same company that was like, oh, we don't like to do stuff like this because, uh... Because our fan base doesn't like it. They obviously do. They fucking love Malachi. Who doesn't love Malachi Black? And if anything, you, Tony Khan, make his fucking... You know, gimmick and shtick worse. First of all, his group can't walk, apparently. They could only walk when the lights are off. Yeah. And, yeah, like... Well, they might as well put but, Paul White in the group. Which is... Get that one. Took me a second, bro. Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. He cut the lights off. He's just in that street fight, cutting the lights off 24-7. He's like fucking, oh, goddamn. But, um, wasn't this the same guy that didn't at all like the Matt Hardy teleporting segment on Dynamite? Yep. But he loves when they do it? It's like, what? You, he, he, I remember, I remember that. For some reason, he hated that segment. Yeah. Yeah, he did. (sighs) (sighs) Fucking Tony Khan. Roddy Roddy was in the back he went to call Adam and um he went to call Adam and Adam Cole ended up snapping off on the on the phone with him um uh yeah that was that was pretty much that and then um also MJF was in the back was sitting there couldn't find any partners so the acclaimed offered him one last time MJF said yes. They asked him to wear what was in the bag, so he said okay. So that was that. Then it's time for the main event. Bullet Club Gold come out. Jay White still fucking running around with man's belt. Uh, MJF comes out wearing pink acclaimed tires. He's wearing the Scissor Me shirt. He's got all pink gear on. Um, he's got all pink gear on. So they uh, are in the main event here, like I said, with Bullet Club Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I swear on my life, I'm not kidding when I tell you the ending of this match. And I just want to reiterate that. Again, I am not kidding when I tell you guys what is about to happen at the end of this match. MJF is taking apart Bullet Club Gold, right? Him and Jay White are the legal guys, but... The the he the rest of the group's in the ring. He's giving them kangaroo kicks. This man loses clean. The same guy who just won, uh, or not won, just beat the record for the longest reigning AEW World Champion, loses fucking clean. So we get a so we get a storyline all night building up to him getting people to team with him for him to lose clean and not get the belt back. Tell me 
that is not some WWE shit. Tell me it isn't. It is, dude, that is some Vince McMahon shit, dog. You you built the whole show, the whole episode, around him to accomplish a goal, and he fails at that goal. Like, what? Like, I get failure in general. You want to have some people fail sometimes, all right. Like that clean, he found he found people and still lost clean. Found people that actually like him for so you know it you know I say for some reason you know storyline purposes and for kayfabe reason, a claim liked the guy, and they wanted to team with him. And he was like, he finally gave in. He was like, all right, I'll team with you, and they lost because they pinned him to half. It's like what? Like all right, if you if they pin the claim, all right, shit happens. You know, he could be more bad at the acclaim. He could give more reason to be, you know, not liking them. Doc, you lost. And you just don't get your belt back. You you make you make up a big ass loser. Yes, that's, that's what you made him. You made him look like a big loser. And it didn't and not in a good way. Trust me, it's not in a good way. No. After the match, Jay White goes to hit Max with the belt. He ducks, or uh, he, he didn't duck. Uh, Mac, Max Caster pushed him out of the way, took the shot with the belt, um, and then MJF went over there to go check on him. And um, and uh, Bullet Club Gold ran away with the belt. Again, if Jay White went to WWE, he would not be in a silly-ass version of bullet club he would actually be pretty fucking serious i would i would like to believe i would at least think i would like to believe that <sighs> billy gunn yelled at uh max for not um for not uh wanting to scissor max after he you know took the belt uh to the face for him so they all do the scissor spot, and everybody goes home happy, even though the world champion just fucking lost clean. And wasn't given his championship that he had, that he is the rightful champion of. He does he doesn't have his belt still. Which his is funny. Which is funny because the open to Monday Night Raw explained that Sami Zayn showed up to the the show with Damian Priest's briefcase. And they made him give him his briefcase back. Because that's how a show works. Why does he have... He's not the champion. By that logic, anyone can just steal anything and run around with it. Yeah. And, and be a champion. Just, like... that's the. I hate the, I hate when people steal titles, dude. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Oh, it's so fucking corny, dude. Because it's the same thing every time. We get up to the pay-per-view... And that's another reason for them to fuel the champion's anger. And then he just ends up winning it and getting it back. Winning the match and then he just gets the title right back. It's like, why? Why do this in the first place? Just give a genuine fun storyline reason to why he's angry. That was AEW Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. Um, There's absolutely nothing to talk about for a collision. I, I don't recall anything of importance happening on collision. Um, so yeah, that was that. And now it's time for Monday night raw. Hey. So 
can't believe I'm saying A about one day that I wrong. What the fuck so what is What kind happening? of fucking world are we living in? What is happening on this timeline, man? What, what, what was the canon event that caused this, man? I need to, I need to clock back time and, and look at it. <sighs> Seth Rollins opens the show uh, with a promo. He says he wants to thank two people. He wants to thank Drew McIntyre. He wants to thank Drew McIntyre because the whole time he thought he was in bed with the Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day did not interfere with their match at Crown Jewel. He wanted to thank Drew McIntyre for not lying um, about that. And he wanted to thank Drew McIntyre for making him a little bit better than he was before Saturday. Um, So he thanked Drew McIntyre for being a great uh, challenger. And then he says, I want to, there's one more guy I want to thank, but I want to thank him in person. Um, He says, uh, he calls out Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn comes out there and he says, um, he says he wanted to thank Sami Zayn because he was not a hundred percent after the match. And he probably could have taken on Damian Priest, but he was definitely not a hundred percent. So he wanted to thank him for taking away the briefcase. He wanted to thank him for taking away the briefcase. And Sammy, Sammy told, um, Sammy told Seth, um, or, uh, Seth told Sammy, uh, where is the briefcase, by the way? Um, he says, let me guess. You walked into the arena with it and Adam Pierce had you give it back to, um, to him to give to Damian Priest. Sammy grabbed the mic and he said, actually, Seth, that's a pretty good guess. That's exactly what happened. Seth said, I know because right afterwards I walked into that office and you are due a world heavyweight championship opportunity. All you got to do is say when Sammy said um, he's not too sure because he doesn't want to. Sammy says he's not sure because he doesn't want to beat a champion that is compromised. Seth took offense to this. He said, come on, Sammy, uh, we go way back. Um, he, he says he, he, he says they go way back. He loves Sammy, but he tells Sammy Zayn to cut the crap and let him know when, because Seth says, um, Seth says, because we, as uh, professional wrestlers never are 100%, but that does not ever stop us from giving 100%. So let me know the time. So Sami Zayn says, I couldn't tell you a better place than tonight. So this was the scheduled main event for the show, man. So this was a pretty good open. This was a pretty good open to the show, man. Um, So yeah, so that was the open of the show, setting up for the night's main event. Oh, yeah, man. Great start to the show. Great mention of everything that's been going on, man. And I love the fact that Sami Zayn had to give that fucking thing back. Because it's just a, a phenomenal parallel to the, to the slop that is going on in Tony Khan's fucking Tony Khan's bedroom. Seriously, bro. Drew McIntyre pulls up to the arena and Jackie's out there waiting for him. She says, Drew, can I get a word? How are you feeling about the uh, about what happened at Crown Jewel? He looked at the arena. 
He looked at her. He got back in the car and he drove away. Oh, yeah, bro. I wish I could do it when I pull up to work, bro. Me too, dude. Me too. Um, and that was the last we seen of Drew McIntyre for the night, man. That was it. I like that, dude. I like that a lot. I love when they do those like silent reactions where they kind of just go away and just think. I love that shit. Dude, yeah, it was really good. It was really good, man. So, um, Damian Priest, Damian Priest, um, goes into the Judgment Day locker room and he's screaming at everybody. JD McDonough's sitting there with a Damian Priest shirt on, um, and they're all sitting there talking about, um, they were just talking, and then Damian comes in there and he starts yelling about how he got screwed out of his Money in the Bank briefcase shot, um, and. He goes up to J.D. McDonough, said something to him, and before he could even really get what he had to say off, uh, Damien just starts yelling at him, and then he asks him, did you buy that shirt? <laughs> and fucking... <laughs> uh, and then fucking J.D. was just, just looking at him like, damn. <laughs> he didn't even say anything. They don't even give that man the free merch, bro. That's crazy, but... Dude, there is no way... That they could be making this man the baby face. Dude is oh, the yeah. dick of Judgment Day. Every week, he's just acting like a prick. Last week, he's fucking mad at them for making a match without him. Talking about, I thought there was no leader. Why didn't you guys talk to me? Because there's no fucking leader. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not, like, dude, they, every week, he's just the biggest dick and there's no way they can make that man the baby face no no not at all not at all bro um so he tells finn balor they're gonna take care of the new day and um yeah that was that was that was that uh so then now we go to the next match which was the new day versus the judgment day um and um this match was pretty good. It was kind of wasn't really too long. It was very good for what it was, though. They had a lot of nice sequences in here. You really got to see Finn Balor and Damian Priest's um, chemistry start to start to come into uh, start to really come into flow. Man, they um, had their little finisher sequence where Damian Priest puts his arm back for the South of Heaven, and while his arm's back, Finn slaps his hand, tags himself in. Damien hits the south of heaven into the coup de, into the coup de gras. So that was real cool. And they ended up beating the judgment day. And that was, and that was that man. So that was, that was that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty good match. Not really too long or yeah, I guess the reason that this match was, uh, the reason that this match came to be was because, was because the, Judgment Day were mad that the New Day dressed up as them last week for Halloween. Okay. Alright. Um, so then the next match, uh, Nakamura defeated Akira Tozawa, which then he was um, challenged by Otis. So next week we're getting Otis versus Nakamura. Um, yeah, I guess as Nakamura's on his way to uh, Chicago Phil. So... The fucking waves start to see a bucket in WWE, dude. 
Nakamura? Maybe. Nakamura? Maybe. Maybe Napamora is uh, somebody that they feel can just take a loss and it's not going to hurt him. Maybe like a quick loss and like a 10-minute match just to get CM Punk back in there. Maybe. Um, yeah, his return will probably be more probable than match anyway, but like still, yeah. bro. Yeah, fucking Rusty Phil and then fucking somehow gained Russ from even though he, had, he didn't take a break. Nakamura. Like, uh, the match itself, I just fucking yeah. not excited for in the slightest. And it's kind of, kind of a lame start. Okay, like, I get what they're doing. And I like how they didn't, how they are not blowing their load with like a true main adventure, and they're just starting it simple. Like, Nakamura, like if it was 2018, that would be heat. But yeah. it's not, bro. It's not. Well, maybe Chicago Phil's going to pull something out of him. You know, he pulled a lot of things out of it, but um, hopefully this time it's, it's not a fight. Exactly. Yeah, maybe he wants to test how strong is Nakamura's style, right? So, that was that. The next match uh, was the Fatal 4-Way for the Intercontinental Championship. Adam Pearce did a really nice narration on talking about this match before the match took place. The match itself was okay. It, it was it was pretty good. Um, it was Ivar versus Ricochet versus Bronson versus Miz. The match, the ending was weird as fuck. So the ref had no idea what was going on, clearly. So Ivar and Bronson are both on the top rope. Miz and Zesty Rick are laying there. Ivar backflips onto Zesty Rick, and Bronson goes to do the tsunami to Miz, but Miz rolls out of the way. Miz then rolls Bronson Reed up. He grabs both of his legs and he fucking rolls them, rolls them back towards his head. And while Ivar is pinning Zesty Rick, the ref counts one, two, Ricochet kicks out, and three, Bronson didn't kick out. So the Miz won. Everybody was fucking confused. If Ricochet would have stayed down, I don't. Or if Ricochet, yeah, if Ricochet would have let the pinfall go, then the maybe the ref would have restarted it, or I don't know what would have happened after that if it was a double pin. But either way, the, the, I've never seen that before, and it kind of came off pretty weird to be honest, because it seemed like nobody knew what the fuck was going on. The Miz just started celebrating, and then after like 15 seconds, they hit his music, and they were like, "Oh, okay, I guess he won." Um, so yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. It came off pretty weird, to be honest. Definitely, man. Definitely. A really weird moment at really weird ending to a match. Yeah. Just, um, didn't execute it that well, man. Simple as that. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Nia Jax went back there in the back to talk to Becky Lynch and, um, Becky Lynch, uh, or Nia Jax said something to Becky Lynch about breaking her face, and Becky Lynch said to her, uh, what happened after you broke my face? I went on to win the main event of WrestleMania, and you went on to get fired. Oh. I wish things would have stayed that way. Um, 
DIY versus the Creed Brothers. Very nice. Very nice. I'm loving, loving the slow arc that Triple H is taking with the Creed Brothers. And I think the Creed Brothers are fantastic, man. Like I said, nail, nail you got to nail down a little bit more with their characters. But other than that, dude... These guys are, yes, yeah, they're 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 onto something special, bro. They're onto something special. Like I said, they they almost they remind me of American Alpha, and um, yeah, they 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 got a lot of potential. They got a lot of potential. DIY ends up losing this one because Ludwig Kaiser comes out and he costs DIY the victory against the Creed brothers. The Creed brothers didn't know that he interfered, so they didn't really come off heelish or anything. He kind of just snuck out there and and um was able to was able to uh distract DIY. Um so yeah, that was that. So DIY ended up taking the loss as it looks like the feud with Imperium is going to continue. So Interesting, man. Interesting. They're definitely fucking setting up the Miz stuff that was, that was fucking in the news. God, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes well. I think I think Triple H can do it well, man. And I'm intrigued to see how it goes, man. I really am. Well, we're not getting the six man at Survivor Series because we're getting Gunther versus Miz. Yeah, that is true. So. That is true. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um. The women's battle royal for the uh, women's uh, world title shot. Um, Zia Lee comes and knocks out Becky Lynch before the match, as if anybody cares. Um, another okay. crowd killer. Zia Lee killed the crowd again um, for the second week in a row. Absolutely obliterated them. Um, but um, Zoe Stark was in the final three with uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Shayna Baszler. And Zoe ended up winning the match. Zoe ended up winning uh, the Battle Royal, and she's going to go on to Survivor Series to face Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship, man. So, yeah, that was that, was that man. Also, to address Logan's comment from the beginning of the stream, dude, I just, I, I wouldn't do a Women's War Games. There's absolutely nothing you can do. Literally nothing you can do. Unless you do some sort of, like, Damage control, uh, Bailey with, uh, I know I hear I'm hearing Triple H wants to do a faction with Oscar, EO, and Kyrie, so maybe you throw Bailey in there because she's got the inclusion with, um, you know, EO and damage control. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think they'll they'll fucking they always you know they have to essentially. Spin some women's match together, man, but they it doesn't warrant it at all. Nothing in that division right now warrants it. No, no, absolutely not, not at all. Um, yeah, man, and then uh, and then for the main event, we had a banger, banger ass main event with Sami Zayn and Seth freaking Rollins. These guys had 20 minutes in the main event, man, and it came off uh, really good, bro. It came off uh, really, really good. Um, it was a really, really good main event. I, I liked it a lot. Um, classic Sami Zayn, classic Seth Rollins, bro. Sami Zayn proving that he is a world heavyweight champion level superstar, bro, which he is. And he mentioned, dude, he mentioned that uh, one day that title will be his. Um, so... 
I hope, bro. I hope because I would love to see it, man. And I like him. I, I like him going back into the singles division, bro. So him and Seth put on a really good World Heavyweight Championship match. You know, Triple H. One of the things we heard about Triple H when he got back control, when he was knighted by Endeavor to uh, run creative, Triple H was. Um, it, it was being reported that Triple H really wanted to nail down that Monday Night Raw had some of the best in-ring action in the world. And ever since then, there's been a lot of good in-ring quality um, on Monday Night Raw. There's been a lot of great in-ring quality. And um, to our point on Friday, um, Vince McMahon was at Crown Jewel, dude, but um, they still let Paul Cook. Exactly, which is a great sign to see, man, and I think great sign for the future. So, yeah, pretty Pretty good. Did you uh did you hear the CM Punk references of the week? I wasn't it more Nakamura stuff. No, it was actually I I forgot the other one. The other one was like Sammy and Seth related. Something they said. I, I either commentary or Seth said something to Sammy about looking in his eyes. Um, but commentary. Wade Barrett gave a fucking over-obvious-ass one during the uh, Miz match. He said, that fire is burning inside the Miz. Dog. You know, you guys can calm down a little bit. Uh, It's kind of been annoying me a little bit. Just mention it. You you can make your little jokes, you know, maybe once a week, dog, but... Just try to be as silent as you can on the CM Punk stuff. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, Survivor Series is already sold out. People are already making it up that they're expecting him, so you really don't got anything to tease. No, exactly. So, like, just just let it, let it, let it build. This is one thing where you can let it cook itself, man. You really can. But, um... Man... Really makes me think. Another thing about AEW's fire, bro. Goddamn, the first dance. Man. Greatest fucking live memory I have, dude. <sighs> live, you know, live show, man. This shit. Oh, that shit was insane. What has happened? I missed that fire. Yeah, that fire burned that night. And now the fire oh. has fucking been extinguished. Now well, there's a new type of fire in AEW, yeah, but it ain't fire. Exactly. Fucking <sighs> just see him fucking leaving with that pink slip in his hand. He fucking threw a match in the fucking dumpster. Damn. Because, man, that shit has been on fire. It really has. Um, yeah, man, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. But, um, anyways. Anyways, man. So... Seth Rollins, uh, Sami Zayn rolls up Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins reverses it into a roll-up of his own, and Seth just barely survives Sami Zayn, as Sami just had the most defeated look on his face, and, um, uh, he was so, he was so hurt after he lost this match, man, he, he just, he was looking around in absolute disbelief about it, um, so Sami, so Sami, uh, you know, gets up, he Seth extends his hand, Sammy extends his, he shakes it, um, he shakes his hand, and then he 
goes to walk away. The Judgment Day come out and they start beating the shit out of Sami Zayn. Seth then does a suicide dive, tries to uh, stop it, and then the whole uh, the whole Judgment Day just the numbers gain takes uh, that takes control of that main main event. Jey Uso comes out, starts attacking. Uh, Cody Rhodes comes out, starts to help. Adam Pearce then runs out there and he says, "You know what? You four want to play games." You four want to play games. We can play games, and we are going to play games in Chicago. In Ooh. War Games. So, that was the War Games announcement, um, and we're getting War Games where we're getting the Judgment Day, uh, Damian Priest, Dominic, J.D. McDonough, and Finn Balor versus Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, and Sami Zayn. Hmm. Interesting, man. Real, real interesting. Yeah, very interesting, bro. So, it's it's gonna it's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited for it, bro. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, we'll be there to see it, dude. So it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty heat, man. I'm excited. Definitely, bro. Yeah, God damn it, definitely, man. I really can't wait. I'm so glad they confirmed more games, man, and I can't wait to see that live, man. I really can't. But did you see that god awful poster that they dropped for War are you, Games? Are you talking about the one with Cody with the paint all over his face? I did. Yeah. That shit was hilarious, bro. They, that... they found a way to put that man in face paint. Fucking legendary. Triple H is the GOAT. Let Paul cook, bro. He's going to cook. He found a way to get Cody in face paint. Fucking Booker of the Year. Right there, man. Um, we all know Tony kind of win that. But, um, yeah, man, definitely a great week for WWE, man, with that, with Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, man, really, uh, another, another really good episode, bro, a lot of good in-ring quality, um, a lot of progressions and storylines and stuff, man, so, um, yeah, we're on our way to the Survivor Series build, and I am pumped for it, man, I'm pumped for it, I'm pretty excited, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's that man. That's pretty much everything, man. That was the awful week, awful week of AEW Dynamite, and then the week of um, uh, and then the week of uh, Monday Night Raw and WWE, man. So yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit of Crown Jewel this Friday, uh, with the Crown Jewel recap in the uh, t- at the top of uh, Friday's episode. We're gonna talk about that. Um, it was a pretty pretty enjoyable show for the most part. Um, but yeah, man, so that is, um, that is everything, man. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals podcast. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted, man. And yeah, so with that, uh, yeah, that is, that has been, this has been episode 169 of Unscripted. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much. It has been always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And I, sir, okay. And that is going to do it for this edition <clears throat> of the Notorious Hills Podcast. Again, this has been episode 169 of Unscripted. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you guys. We love you guys. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with the Crown Jewel recap and the news. We'll see you guys then. Peace.
to stop it from the HIV shit. And niggas know they soft like the pussy villain. Playing the villain, prepare for the trap dealing. Biggest Smalls is the illest. The style is played out. Like on the one what you talking about, Willis? The thrill is gone, the black, white, white is here to excite. Throw sticks and dice. Bitches are like I'm brainless, guns are like I'm stainless steel. I want the fucking fortune like the wheel. I squeeze gaps till my clips is empty. Don't tempt me, Joker. Don't want the fuck right here. Yeah, my fam, if this ain't too shit. Come to spread the bud of every over harmony great. It's the real killer death trap. Yes, I'm a get black ninja. Come in where you at that surrender. Step inside the ring, you the number one contender. Looking cold booty like your pussy in December. Make a stop bitching. Button up your lipping. But method all you getting is the can of ass whipping. Hey, I'll be kicking. Research, you doing all the gap. 